You're listening to Malta Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, people, the time of the evening uh, where we join our very own uh, Molana Salim Karim on his segment uh, called uh, The Family Room. And Alhamdulillah, in The Family Room, we discuss uh, many uh, issues uh, that affect uh, the family and uh, the ummah in general. And uh, Molana Salim Karim, Alhamdulillah, we made a shura this morning, um, this evening, uh, sorry. And uh, Molana said, you know, Shafat, there's so much uh, been taking place and people, you know, when they travel together, then when they uh, are in close proximity together and sometimes that familiarity breeds a contempt and uh, you know get the arguments coming through and many things uh, you've been hearing about and uh, you know this is only human nature when two individuals are together uh, for a long time in a close proximity you get all these uh, issues coming through Molana Salim Karim Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh have come through a Mubarak month you know Hajj have been performed Eid ul Adha and Alhamdulillah how are you doing this fine beautiful evening uh, Molana Salim Karim May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you afiyat and a long life. Allah ta'ala accept your qurbani and likewise all the entire ummah who make great sacrifices, lots of dua, lots of ibadat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant it acceptance and inshallah we continue with the good work of deen. But uh, life has lots of ups and downs, Shafat Bhai. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked the questions. Ya Rasulullah, who was troubled the most? Who faced calamities and hardship the most? So Huzur sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded to that question and said that it was me who went through the most difficult hardship test and trial. Then Summa al-Ansal. Then those who came after me, and then Summal Amstel, those who came after them. But the most tested, the most trying time that anybody went through, it was me. Allahu Akbar. And look at the hadith of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Shafat Bai. Iza arad Allahu Ta'ala bi abdin khaira. When Allah desires good for an individual, you sibhu. Allah puts him through some difficulties and some test and trial. Not as a form of punishment. Allah wants to raise your darajat. Allah wants to raise your status. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala looks at our deeds and our amals, and it's not of that standard that Allah desires. So Rabbul Alameen will put you through a little test. We will definitely test you a wee bit. And what's the purpose? As Allah said in Surah Mulk, Allah Ta'ala created death and life So that Allah Ta'ala wants to know who amongst you will do the best of deeds. So Shafat Bhai, in, especially when it comes to journey, whether it's the journey of Hajj, whether it's the journey of Umrah, it's a journey where you're going to seek knowledge in the path of Allah. Whatever journey, whatever form, whether you go by a jumbo jet, or you can go by a rocket, you will go through some inconvenience. As Rasulullah said, As-safru kitatu minannar, o kama qalin nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That, you know, traveling is a part of fire. It's a piece of fire. 
You can have the best mode of transport with all the comforts and luxuries. But the mere fact that you're not at home, you're not with your family, you're not with your property, you're not with all that you own, there's a constant worry in you. So Huzur sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when you finish your business, return home. Don't delay the process. And this is one of the adabs also, Shafat, by whether you return from a business trip or a fishing trip or whatever trip, don't just pitch up at home. In wives that inshallah, we will be arriving by this time. So you give her ample time to prepare herself, beautify G, and make herself really presentable and prepare a meal for you. So when you come back, you come back to a fantastic atmosphere where your wife is so beautiful and attractive. Gee, the food and meals are prepared. Alhamdulillah, you come back with a great source of joy and happiness. This is adab. You don't just pitch up at home unannounced. Gee, this is khilafi adab. Many of us do this. That we return from a journey and we don't inform the wife or our parents. We just come and rock up like that. And then unfortunately, you find that your wife is still in her pajamas. Gee, the wife is in so many... Uh, uh, other important things that she is busy with and then you upset and when you don't get the attention. Shafat as Mulana is explaining that one of the adabs that when you return home or when you're coming back from a business trip or wherever you're coming back from, always keep the family informed in advance. So when you come back, you have a fantastic reception from your spouse, alhamdulillah, from your children, and inshallah, and the meals that are prepared for you. So all the tiredness that you experienced in journey, alhamdulillah, just goes away. So coming back, Shafat Bhai, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's talim also is that, Ar-Rafiq qabla tariq. Choose your friends before you set out on a journey. We can be best of friends, Shafat Bhai, you and I, Alhamdulillah. But the real test will come when we are on journey together. Because now we are on different territory. Different environment. Now the real test will come. Will I be patient with you? Will I get cross? Will I be helpful? So there's a beautiful saying that who's going to be your partner and companion when you are making a journey? Then you move out and travel. I have seen couples fighting at the airport. Mm. I've seen people fighting in the plane. When you get off the plane. Because though we live together as husband and wife and family, we have a fantastic understanding. But when we go to a foreign place, a foreign situation, all hell breaks loose. So that is why it is important that first choose your hamsafar, your, your companion who is going to travel with you, and then make the journey. And when there's three and more people, we must appoint an Amir. That whatever the Amir says, because you are going to say your opinion, I'm going to say my opinion, and the third party will say, and we don't come to any agreement. So this whole journey is spoiled because we are fighting and arguing. The Talim in Islam is that when you travel, even if it's two persons, one person is the Amir. If there's three and more, Alhamdulillah, Nurun ala Nur, then inshallah, we must appoint an Amir. That whatever decision we make, we make shura, we make mashura, and what is best, inshallah, once the Amir makes the decision, alhamdulillah, then we follow through. There is no arguments.
So, Shafat Bhai, on this journey of Hajj, you know, lots of things. I heard your interview this this this, this morning, and it's so sad that ibadat of Hajj is an ashikana ibadat. It's an ibadat of love, compassion, humility, simplicity, patience. Ji, what is the best hadith of Rasulullah? Ji, love for your Muslim brother what you love for yourself. You see, Sahabai Kiram, وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا They were so generous. They are in dire straits themselves. But they would always give preference to others. On the other side, Rasulullah said, Whatever business transaction you make, فَقْتُهُهُ Write it down. And Ya Yuhalina Amanu Ofu Bilukul. Or you will believe whatever promises you have made, fulfill and complete that promise. Because whatever you have not fulfilled, this is cheating, is haram. And Lilatubtilu Aamalikum. Ya Yuhaladina Amanu Atiullaha wa Atiur Rasul. Obey Allah and His Rasul Wala Tubtilu Aamalakum. Don't destroy your good deeds. So, so many complaints. I was listening to this interview with you and Mufti Saab, Mufti Smith Saab, that what our people went through. Okay, Alhamdulillah, some of it exaggerated, some of it is reality, some of it is the truth. Yes, we must also prepare ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, that it's not going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be a journey of qurbani and sacrifice. We have to make sabr. But those we have taken responsibility to look after the hujjaj and provide what they had promised and inshallah to deliver. If they have failed, they are guilty as hell in the eyes of Allah Rabbul Alameen and they will have to answer for that. And good, all those people who were dishonest and didn't do their duty, they must be brought to book. In fact, they must be named and shamed so the other hajis do not fall because this is hukukul ibad. Shafadwai, mm. if I know that one individual is causing harm to a fellow Muslim brother, and I talk about it and I make it known, it's not ghibat, because I'm saving the Muslim ummah and a fellow Muslim brother from any hardship and difficulty and harm that will come from this individual who is so irresponsible, so greedy for money. Shafadwai, we have to do our homework in advance. Who are we choosing? Will the person has got any history that to say, Alhamdulillah, you can look at, at, the, at, the, at the CV and say, Alhamdulillah, genuine, Alhamdulillah, we would go about delivering whatever they have promised, Alhamdulillah. Yes, effort is from your side also. All right, Alhamdulillah, because your maqsad is Allah Rabbul Alameen. You have become the guest of Allah. You're not the guest of the agent who took you there. He's just a guide. So don't forget that where did I go to, who called me, and what is my duty to my Allah? I'm the guest of Allah Ta'ala. How should I behave, and how should, inshallah, I conduct myself? So yes, Shafat, a lot of people complain, and it's hard so to hear what has transpired. So we need to regulate this industry. We need to do a thorough investigation, whether getting all the people together who have experience and knowledge, and we can do it. Because if you want to take a group of hajis or hujjaj, it's an act of ibadat, alhamdulillah. 
the person who guides others to people uh, to do good allah will reward him as well so choose the right muallim choose the right guide so that inshallah all your aspects of hajj are covered imagine spending 100000 200000 and then you have to pay penalties you have to give dumb because you didn't do the ritual correctly at the right time or you missed out some important aspects of hajj now your whole journey is all messed up sometimes your hajj is incomplete you have to come back the following year and you don't know whether you'll get a chance again with all these quota systems that we have to complete and correct your hajj so we have to do a thorough investigation with whom we are going what is going to be done what is my duty as a haji and how i can also help that agent inshallah to make it easy for him because i think sometimes we have this culture shafat when people may get upset with me that because i paid an x amount of money so i'm entitled hmm. yes you are in alhamdulillah but you can imagine that millions of people are shafat bhai if it's 10 20 people you can manage a crowd but you know where we had all the facilities from the kingdom of saudi arabia did they do their duty and provide all the facilities which they had promised the inshallah the the agents and all those who are responsible okay that's another topic on its own and i think mufti sahib is going to deal with that but the question here is let's not put blame now and let's focus that inshallah the next batch of hujjaj who are leaving they must do a thorough investigation and not have a repetition of what they what the the last set of hajis experienced this year in 2023 so let us start now let's make an effort mentally a lot of masla masail we should know we should check with ulama attend those hajj classes and see whatever we can do so that we could be well equipped to accomplish this such a beautiful ashikana ibadat you are on journey as rasulullah said that sumu tasihu keep roza inshallah allah will give you good health and in one hadith i think the mafhum is travel and also admire the kudrat of allah the landmarks of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala travel because it's by traveling you see the kudrat of allah the environment the air the water the people it helps it builds up your self-confidence your mind your heart is at ease so if you look at holistically this hajj is an ashikana ibadat it's good for your health it's good for your mind it's good for your soul you are connected to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we will go through some hardships and difficulty but why put as rasulullah said yassiru make it easy for the people don't make it difficult if you have taken this job to guide the hujjaj and look after them then deliver the goods that you promised otherwise you are going to be guilty in the eyes of allah ta'ala for cheating so i don't blame some of the hujjaj who are complaining and crying and they have a right to do so but now what measures do we put in place what precaution do we take this now we have one more year a complete year to set put all the role models together the role players together and let's come up with a unified solution of how to make it easy for the hujjaj of south africa one 
No, absolutely brilliant, uh, Molana. And, you know, the uh, question uh, uh, arises, you know, there's also uh, the people from different camps, I mean, at Mina and at Arafah, coming and stealing water and juices from uh, other camps. I mean, uh, you know, that is so, uh, like, horrendous. I mean, you in a holy place, you're making one of the, you know, the most uh, powerful rituals ever. You know, Hajj, many say, is their death. But uh, is, is the water stolen and juice taken out of desperation? Or how should we read into that? I mean, that's uh, stealing another person's, uh, you know, thing is, uh, is, is, you know, is, is a break of trust, uh, Molana. In Islam and Shariat, you cannot take anything belonging to somebody else without their permission. That is stealing. Now, we don't know the real situation. As I said to you, there's a unity, there's a brotherhood spirit, right? Khairun nas, mayyan faun nas. The best amongst you is he who serves humanity. So if a fellow haji, for example, asked for water, and if it was given to him, alhamdulillah. But nobody has the right to take somebody else's property without their permission. If the other parties did that or the other hujjads did that, obviously it's incorrect. They're going to be answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it shows that we don't have any program in place. The, the people, the, the, the hajj uh, operators, they did not do their job. They did not do their job with beauty, Shafat Bhai. Mm. You need to secure their place, whether it's Camp D or whether it was Camp A. Gee, in Islam, everything that you do, you do it, you know, systematically. You do it in a way that there's adab and discipline and there's boundaries. So I'm not sure that the brothers were responsible to do the organization. Firstly, whether they have the capability of doing khidmat one. Number two, do they have the jazbah? Or they just took a free plane ride from South Africa? Free ticket, alhamdulillah, food is provided, transport, transport is provided, VIP treatment, and the poor hujjaj, he doesn't have water to drink. 
wasn't it my duty, inshallah, to provide the best of best? Even if I'm in dire state, gee, and my fellow Muslim brother is thirsty, you can see he's an old man, it's a lady, it's a little child that is thirsty, alhamdulillah, wants water. I'll give my bottle of water, take it. I'll make sabr, inshallah. That should be the jazbah of Hajj Shafadbaim. Hmm. We need to help each other. We need to share. If I had a slice of bread, gee, I would give it to my fellow Muslim brother who's sitting next to me. And I can see that he can't afford it or he's got nothing with him. So that's the spirit of Hajj Shafadbaim. It's about sharing. It's about caring. It's about brotherhood. But to steal other people's property, yes. a lot of time, unfortunately, you find that some of us are careless. We leave our passports, we leave our money, we leave our uh, valuables unattended, and somebody takes it, then we have to blame ourselves, Shafat Bhai. Yeah, Maulana. So we, need to, we must take cognizance, and inshallah, check with the officials. If mm. the officials can't do anything, the brothers should say, okay, let's form a team amongst ourselves, inshallah, and let's look after the Hujjaj, all our brothers from Africa, South Africa. Inshallah, let's look after them. Let's find out if anybody sick, anybody need any help, any sister need any help. So why can't we do that? Allah will give you, though you're not appointed as, as the Hajj tour guide or whatever it is, but if a group of Muslim brothers in that camp say, okay, Inshallah, you do the, the Zuhur to Asr, uh, shift, Asr to Maghrib shift, Isha to Tahajjud shift. Inshallah, just five, ten, fifteen brothers, just to make it sure that the brothers who are sleeping in the tent and the ladies can do the same thing in their tent. Alhamdulillah, what jazbah of khidmat and what a memorable Hajj that can be, Shafat Bayan. Hmm. You know, that's a good point indeed, uh, Molana. But uh, we also hear that, you know, there are allegations of, uh, you know, uh, Indians from the subcontinent and uh, because you're Indian or you're African, uh, that your facilities are not up to speed uh, compared to, you know, those from other countries, uh, you know, the Arabs and if you, even Pakistanis are not uh, given that type of treatment because they're from the subcontinent. But, uh, you know, maybe the European uh, or the more lighter skinned uh, Muslims are getting preferential treatment, a better facilities than these others. Uh, I mean, uh, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Molana? Well, by this is very correct what you are saying. Sometimes there is favoritism from the countries that you come from or the color of your complexion. All his life, Rahmatullil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, tried his level best to stamp out racism. What was Rasulullah's famous khutbah? Outstanding words. La fadla li arabiyin ala ajamiyin. No Arab, irrespective of where he is from, has superiority over a non-Arab. Wala ajamiyin ala arabiyin. And no non-Arab has superiority over an Arab. Illa bidini wa taqwa Allah. Kullu bani adam min al-turab. All of us Allah created us from dust. We are one family, one ummah, one united family. There is no room for differentiation. We are all supposed to be one, one united family. Because on the day of Qiyamah, Allah is not going to give the billionaires the first stuff to stand in Maidani Hashar. Gee, or who is the most fairest of all? Allah is going to judge you by your wealth or your appearance and is going to give you preference. You are going to stand in front of Allah. All of us as Mahmud and Ayaz, na koi banda raha, na koi banda nawaz. When you stand in namaz, Shafat Bhai, whether you're a king, you must be ready that the person who's going to stand next to you 
maybe an ordinary sweeper, but he's got la ilaha illallah. He's got iman. His iman is strong. So in Islam, there's no room for racism. But unfortunately, I'm not saying uh, uh, it has become the norm, but this is what is happening, unfortunately. The more richer you are, the more higher price you pay. Then where's your ikhlas? Where's your lillahi? Inna al-bazazata min al-iman. Simplicity is part of iman. Ji, Allahu Akbar. So Shafat by yes, Rasulullah's life, entire life was devoted trying to break this barrier of racism. That whether you're an Arab or a non-Arab, who was Hadrat Bilal? Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He was a black Abyssinian. Who was Hadrat Julibib? Radiallahu ta'ala. He was a black Abyssinian. Ji. Who was Hadrat Barira? MashaAllah. How the Sahaba Ikiram loved each other. Why can't we have that spirit? Because we come from a background of apartheid. I'm talking about South Africans. I'm not talking about the world. Gee, so unfortunately, that hasn't come off, hasn't brushed off us. We somewhat practice it in a very discreet way. So we shouldn't do that. We are all Allah Ta'ala's creation. Brotherhood and unity is what one of the great lessons of Hajj. But in a way, what you're saying, Shafatba, is correct. If you are from Africa or from Pakistan, they treat you like a piece of dirt. You have no value. They don't care who you are. This is so wrong. And Alhamdulillah, I don't know whether the government, inshallah, those who are appointed to serve the hujjaj, inshallah, have good akhlaq and mannerism, whether they have training, crowd control, how to t- treat people, how to, inshallah, guide people, and how to comfort people. Ji, khidmat se khuda milti hai, Shafat bhai. Khidmat se milti hai. When you learn to serve, then inshallah, you will reach Allah. Allah will love you. If you devote your life to Allah, Allah will devote His entire attention to you. Allah will provide from the unseen for you. So we have beautiful hadiths and we have beautiful uswai hasana from Rasulullah, but we don't want to put it into practice. Everything is about money, everything is about comfort. Live in this world like a poor person, or like a traveler. Consider yourself for the akhirat and prepare for mort. So this whole journey of Hajj Safat, I don't think really we understood what it's all about. Now with social media, Safat, I want to tell you this also. You know, neki karkar daryame dalo. Do a good deed and keep it secret. Now, mashallah. On social media, that Mulana Sahib is making one hour dua, that other person is making three hours dua, he is posting it on social media. Mm. Is this tariqa of dua? Mm. Is this how you talk to Allah in such a Mubarak place? Where is the ajizi? Where is the simplicity? No, it's about Alhamdulillah, who's who? No, when we go for ibadat as ulama, as awliya, Allah, Alhamdulillah, there must be a lot of simplicity and dignity. The least you know, because who wants to be known most? Is the Haji Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik? You are the guest of Allah. So now this has become a, another competition, Shafat Bhai. Sorry, I'm going to say it as it is. Gee, is that who gave the best lecture there? Who gave the longest lecture? Who gave the longest dua? Who did who this and who did that? All on social media for what? Are we there for the pleasure of Allah? Are we there for the name and fame? 
No Sahabi's name was Haji Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. So, by the way, if you came across a cross the Sahaba Ikram, mm. Sahabi's name, have you saw the title Haji? Mm. But you and I get upset if you don't call me Haji uh, Shafat Bai. I mean, you get very angry with me. <laughs> no. So, one person, every time, two of my best of friends, every time he, you know, he says, May Haji so and so. So this ring was set up and said, well, maybe Namazi so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> if you are Haji so-and-so, I'm Namazi so-and-so. Yeah. What else must we do? When are we going to learn Ikhlas, Shafat Bhai? Nobody should know who you are. Only Allah should know who you are. May Allah Ta'ala protect us from boastfulness, showing off. Ji, Allah give us Ikhlas and sincerity. Ji, yeah. Shafat. Ji, before I let you go, you know, it's all, uh, you know, it has been said that when you come back from Hajj, you know, a, a very important uh, a pillar in Islam. You either come back very good or you become very bad. Uh, fill us in on that uh, scenario, Molana. It's such a beautiful, I was saying this morning, you know, Hazrat Mufti Zainul Abidin, Rahmatullah, they said something nice. That deen and religion enters our life through ibadat. Whatever form of ibadat we do, Shafat, why? Deen comes into us. And through our dealings, how we deal with people, how we interact, deal leaves our life. We get carried away, then the deen, taqwa, and sharia comes out of our life. We learn nothing. We made this beautiful journey. We have come back. I haven't changed. I'm not, I'm not a five-time namazi. My dressing code hasn't changed. My behavior hasn't changed. My interaction with my wife and ch- children hasn't changed. And I saw one beautiful clip this morning that there was a brother who was wanting to kiss the Hadri Aswad. I don't know if you saw that clip, Shafat, mm. Okay, and how genuine it is. But the guards and two, three Musallis, he was about to kiss the mm. Hadri Aswad. And he passed away. The guard and two, three held him and put his face into the Hadri Aswad so that he could kiss it. That was, was his last desire and tamanna, and his soul came out. The guard, two, three guards, and two, three uh, hajis helped pick that body up and put the face of that marhum into the slot where the hajri aswad was, so that his one wish, that is what I'm saying, this is what you call brotherhood, that you never mind sacrifice and give your fellow Muslim brother a chance and make him happy. Allah, what a generous act. Gee, it will go down in, in the books of history. What a beautiful scene was to see that person who passed away. People, the people who were standing there carrying him and making sure that he kissed the Hadri Aswad and then they took the body away. Allahu Akbar. That's my ending words. Okay, when you serve humanity, Allah will look for you and provide for you. Ameen. Jazakallah khaira, Molana. You have a blessed evening ahead. A really brilliant uh, conversation with you. And you know, Allah bless you for conscientizing the ummah. And Allah bless you for being forthright in our many issues that you talk about. You have a blessed, blessed evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I mean, I tell you that soup was absolutely brilliant. I followed your recipe.
and you know it was uh, I, I, but I, I put that pepper and salt in I don't know if I maybe I over mixed it but it really it tasted brilliant Molana what a lovely recipe you gave me I mean you too Molana Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah Yes, walikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our Mawlana Salim Karim. Time for us to go for a break and when we get back, inshallah, we'll be joining Ibrahim Vadacha on his segment, Travel Express. <laughs> 